0: Have you ever been somewhere where the rules were really different? In this episode of Our Secret Season, we'll take you to the Netherlands. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust.
1: Welcome to Travel FOMO. I'm Hillary Houghton, and I'm here with my better half, Jamin. What up?
0: <laughs> we're in the middle of what we like to call a secret season But before we get started, do us a favor and take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the Travel FOMO podcast from wherever you're listening. This secret season is a behind-the-scenes look at the trip that really turned you on to traveling, right?
1: Yes. Oh my goodness, for sure. My sister and I backpack across nine countries in Europe, and we're gonna let all of our listeners in on our walk down memory lane. That's what we've been doing this season.
0: Very cool. I'm I'm excited for this episode. So let's uh, let's get right into the interview and check it out.
1: Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. We are back. I have my sister Jessica Giles here. Say hi, Jess. Hello everyone. (laughs) We are (laughs) continuing this journey um, from 2005. We're taking you on our journey through Europe and um, we stayed there for a month and really enjoyed a lot of different countries. And in this episode, the country we're going to talk about is the Netherlands. It's also known as Holland. Jessica, is there anything specific about the Netherlands that really stuck out to you as we kind of, um, I think we just hit up Harlem, yes. Holland, and then Amsterdam. Is there anything mm-hmm. that stuck out right off the bat? Everyone rode their bikes, and you would like cross bridges,
2: like, and because there'd be the canal, and you go over the yeah. little walkway as we're like moseying on throughout the city. Um, we'd go over these bridges, and I mean, like, they would just be not just like lined with bikes, like, it would be bikes on top of bikes on top of bikes. It would just be like stack, 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 stacked all along, and which is cool. I just thought, oh man, like.
1: Everyone gets their exercise here. But, well, um, and there were so many rivers, it's almost like there weren't yeah. enough roads. So it was like you kind of, it's easier to ride your bike.
2: Yeah, that's true. that's true. That's crazy. And we didn't get to be here very long either. I mean, this was like a yeah. very short trip. This was like a, here
1: for a couple of hours, maybe. Right. And I think we hit up two cities in one day. Yeah, pretty sure. And it was a Sunday, which was, it ended up being a bit of a bummer because Uh it was May 15th, 2005. um, And we first stopped in Harlan Holland because we wanted to catch Corey Tinboon's museum. And Uh we were like super excited about it, but we should have known that Corey Tinboon is a Christian woman and her museum is closed on Sunday. Yep. So we literally arrived and we took a picture of the sign that says closed. And we we're like, oh no oh gosh but just a reminder guys this was before smartphones so we were literally just trying to make sure we hit up the same cities that we'd planned we didn't have a lot of opportunity to research everything um so that was
2: and we're trying to do this on a budget you know we're like college kids because i think if i recall correctly like we really did pay for this um with cash like we paid for it ahead of time we saved up the money we didn't put any of it on credit unless maybe it was an emergency along the way yeah. um but um we brought a credit card for emergencies but we actually did pay for it ahead of time but um with that like when you're traveling to all these different countries you know we had this Eurail train pass um that let us go to all these different countries um throughout Europe but you you don't want to do a lot of like backtracking, like okay, well we went here and now we're crossing over here because you're using time. You're you're yeah. losing hours when you backtrack and go to all these. So we're trying to kind of like make a circle through Europe and like use the best use of our time as we go through. But yeah, definitely that um, hitting that on Sunday is like oh man, didn't Dang, think that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um and yeah, and to just clarify for people, we had been through um England and Paris and then Belgium, and then we're hitting up the Netherlands and um and man, we were getting pretty far north. It was getting chilly. It was mm-hmm. starting to we were in an environment that was a little chillier than the, the chilliest of um our trip really. And um we went on to Anne Frank's house in Amsterdam yeah which was really cool, totally worth it um mm-hmm. I wish I would have had more time to even stick it out a little longer and really yeah um enjoy it more, but um, at a certain point, you've seen a lot of museums, and so <laughs> it's kind True. of hard to like um to really pace yourself through them, but um yeah, the what you think Frank of-
2: house, yeah, that um. Man, that they I'm just looking back at the pictures and like, I remember um that stair, the stair, you know, they had these little stairs. They were so the little steps were just so small. It just seemed every everything just seemed like, oh my gosh, they lived here. They lived in this like tiny space, um you know, like a bookcase for a door, bookcase hiding their their little hiding place. And um it just seemed so like cramped I mean when you think of being there for years I think they, I don't remember how many years but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was um like years plural a couple years at least and um I just remember thinking that's or maybe it was a year just over a year I mean even if it was just over a year that's a long time right. to be in a little bitty space there was like five or six of them that had to hide in this and um, I just can't imagine being so like cramped and that not being able to go outside. I mean, we yeah. think quarantine is bad. Can yeah. you imagine not being able to go outside? It's and so crazy. That's it is I've really actually crazy. thought a
1: lot about Anne Frank and a lot about her house. Admits quarantine. I guess I kept thinking quarantine was gonna get that bad, like it was gonna be like <laughs> war times, and we're gonna all be hide in hiding. It's just a. It's, it's a good reminder that like it's somebody else has always had it worse. you're it's never like my situation is the worst experience. You know, somebody else has always lived out something that was harder.
2: She's got some pretty amazing quotes, Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. Like she's got one quote. Um, that I love her perspective on life through the middle of this crisis. Like, um that crisis. Wow. That, that was like very much a downplay. I feel like of that whole huge event, but I mean, um, world war two as a whole and everything that they were going through, it's, she has this one quote that says, um, it's amazing, or I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but, um, she says it's pretty, pretty, it's amazing that people don't need to wait a single moment to make the world better. Like that it's at any opportunity you can, with your kindness and love. And then I think she also said something, um, again, I'm going to paraphrase, but, um, that deep down, she really does believe that like people are good. And I'm like, wow, after all that she has seen, after all that she has seen, she's literally in hiding for her life and from people. And she still can make that statement that deep down, I really do believe that people are good. I thought that's powerful, um, to be able to see beyond what other people are showing you and to be able to see, okay, there is good there somewhere, (laughs) maybe really deep down, but um, there's the potential for good. So.
1: Especially coming from her. It's really from her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, What else do you remember about Amsterdam?
2: Um, Well, a lot of cheese. (laughs)
1: A <laughs> lot of cheese, a no, lot of weed.
2: <laughs> that's that was gonna be my next thing. I remember <laughs> us not, um, not necessarily. It wasn't when we were there. It was actually when we had just left, and we I think when we were headed on Germany, um, we met someone, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you want some hash, or did you get some hash, or something like that?" Because we had been to Amsterdam, and mm-hmm. we were like, "Ah, didn't even cross my mind." But I'm like, well, yeah. now I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Apparently, it was all around me, and I didn't realize. But um,
1: that's funny. I did realize that was on my list of things <laughs> that I would do <laughs> if I went back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I would have like, I would have smoked some pot because at the time, that was 15 years ago. It wasn't legal anywhere in the U.S. I don't think. No. Mm-hmm. Um, well- but I, I did – I was starting a new job as soon as we arrived back to the U.S. I was supposed to start a new job within, like, a day or two. And so I was like, ah, there is, like, no good that could come from this. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I feel like the older I get, the more relaxed I get where I'm like, ah, eh, it's probably not going to kill me. I'll be fine. Yeah. And um, yeah. But also I was pretty paranoid. Like, I was kind of the one that was, like, always um, – like no, don't do that. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we can't do that. And and I kind of loosened up as the trip went on, but um, but man, in the beginning, it was um, I was like, I wanted all my senses, you know, and I, I didn't well, yeah. want to, you know, yeah, um, give any of that up. But was there? Did you have a favorite memory? In the um,
2: I I think I did enjoy the in French uh museum probably the best, or I don't know if you'd call it. Yeah. A, did they call it a museum? Yeah. Again, we got pictures and we shouldn't have. I like that was when we had to move so fast because we had to get out to a train that was like oh coming through. We only had this really tight time frame. And That's so right. um we had to wait in line for a long time. And then when we finally got in, we're you know, everyone's walking so they've waited so long, so they're not gonna rush. And we're like, We have no option but to rush. So okay, oh, this is really cool. Okay, wow. And then they went to the next room like where yeah. we were we kind of had to hightail it through there. So I think I probably would have done that um, again and just allowed myself to soak it in a little bit more. I know it because it is so sobering and it is so, um, you know, I mean, you know, I hate that, that it has to be so sobering, but not all historical moments are, you know, just wonderful and happy. And so, um, just allowing myself to like, appreciate that more and what she Went through what they went through and what they contributed to the world and their stories, and um, mm-hmm. just honoring them maybe a little bit more in that moment. Um, yeah. So I think that's I probably, that. I, I enjoyed that. it the most, but I could have enjoyed it even more, I feel like. So I would have stayed longer in that.
1: Yeah. I would definitely, that's on my list of things that I would do again. Like I would just repeat that. Oh. And then one of my favorite memories was actually when we, arrived, we were about to hop on the train and we arrived at this cheese shop (laughs) and it was like, it sounds crazy, but it was just like, we don't see these kind of cheese shops here in America. And it was just like a whole boutique or I I say boutique, but like a whole, you know, um, small shop that was just mounds and mounds of these different types of cheese that you just can't find hardly anywhere. And um yeah we we bought some cheese we bought a rubber container to go in it and i think we bought oh, right. yeah. some bread yeah yeah we did and we really did we like held on to that cheese and we'd eat that cheese and bread for you know it was another good couple of days. yeah and
2: it was good yeah, yeah for sure sharp cheese is good it's not um <laughs> it's funny what we get used to over here like some cheese isn't even real cheese over here it's like, man <laughs> they had
1: some good cheese yeah for like, sure you know how to make it? um is there anything that you wish you had done that you didn't do
2: um I don't think that I I don't wish I had done it then but um if I went back I probably would try some hash as well you would. would partake in the goods. I would,
0: because, <laughs> awesome.
2: um, I have also relaxed as, as getting older. And, um, and like, honestly at the time, I think it's probably a good thing that we didn't because it was new to us. We did need all of our senses. We did need to be as responsible as possible. Yeah. And, um, but like, I would probably go back and I don't know if I did. I, um, you never, I don't know. I mean, like, hash is different. Weed is different. And there's, from what I understand, there's different strengths and all that. So like not have ever trying it from over there. Like it could be really strong. So I would probably be like, want to be with at least my husband or someone else that in like, that doesn't get high. You know what I mean? Like as, yeah. as because that's kind of my take from like scripture is like um, being sober is like, it's not just because like, well, don't have any fun. It's like, it's, it's a responsibility thing. It's a protecting and guarding yourself. And, um, and, and when you don't have all your senses, then you're, you're vulnerable to making Mm -hmm. mistakes and, um, and regrets and stuff. And so, um, so that would be my takeaway. That would be, that is what I would do. I would responsibly partake in cash.
1: Sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and dad, you don't have to listen to all of this. (laughs) The trip gets worse. (laughs) Oh, it's there's a reason it's taken us fifteen years to tell the stories. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh man.
0: So you got to see the actual Anne Frank house. Yeah. So tell like tell us what you know about her.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar, but I'm sure most everyone is. Um, Anne Frank basically was a Jew that went into hiding during the Holocaust. And um, what a lot of people don't know is that she was in Amsterdam, and that's where her home is. And um, so you can go back to that, that very home, where she went into hiding with her parents, her sister, um, and some other um, people in need of a safe hiding place. And, um, and she she almost survived the war there. And, um, at one point they, they were captured, but, um, she also wrote in a a diary all that time. So it's very well-documented. Um, the, the home is well-documented in her diaries and her journals, but then also just the very, um, uh, It's really crazy because you can read the book and you hear about it. And you hear about all these tiny little details. And then you get to go into the home and see those details for yourself. And um, it was pretty cool.
0: So it is pretty well preserved like the way it was when she was in hiding there
1: um yeah I mean you can tell that that they knew it was special um so yeah yeah, like I um the staircase you can see the staircase I believe it's behind a bookcase or something so you enter this museum through this tiny tiny steep 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 staircase because it was hiding it was a hiding
0: place hidden behind a bookcase
1: yeah it's like it's probably the tiniest museum. Now that I think about it, that I've ever been to. <laughs> it's pretty amazing.
0: And clarify for those who might not know who is Corey Ten Boom.
1: Yeah, Corey Ten Boom has a great story as well. Um, so, and it, it is Corey Ten Boom. Um, so forgive me if I if I misspeak, but um, she actually was a. Um, a Dutch woman who and a watchmaker actually who hid people put people into hiding Jews during the Holocaust, hid them to save them from the Nazis, and um, and so she basically cared for so many people, um, to um, keep them alive during the Holocaust. Um, very courageous, very, very courageous.
0: You, you and Jessica are in Amsterdam. And especially back then, so this was in 2005, mm-hmm. so uh, rules around drugs and prostitution, things like that, very different than what's in the United States.
1: At the time, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and
0: still. Yeah. And in, in many aspects still, like drugs less so, but... Um,
1: prostitution. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. So what's it like to be someplace where the rules are very different from what you're used to?
1: Yeah. Well, we are rule followers, my sister and I, so it put us, it probably put me more on edge even than her uh, being the older sister. But, um, but I think, uh, depending on who you are, it can put you on edge. Um, I was starting a new job, um, when I returned home, so I wasn't going to partake in any of the, um, the things that were legal in that moment because I wanted to keep my new job. Um, and um, but I would say it's um, it can be unnerving um, because rules make you feel safe. Right. Right. And so when you are placed in an area where the rules have changed, um, you are hyper aware of um, how unsafe you feel Um, because when those rules change uh, society changes Um, and I'm not saying we had any bad experiences we actually did not but we were only there for a few hours as well Um, and but you know when the rules change the lines are blurred right so you're like Mm -hmm. suddenly like aware that um, the prostitution is legal and that a lot of people who come there that's a highlight For them, Um, right? It's a a, um, that's a big highlight for them. Or um, marijuana, which at the time in America was not legal, Um, so that was a pretty big deal. So you can tell that people are. they're not going to be themselves because they're going to be under the influence. And, um, you can also tell that they're, um, coming prepared to do things that they wouldn't normally be allowed to do. And, um, and I think for me, those things can be like a little unnerving, um, just the mentality that people are in when they, um, I wouldn't say for the society as a whole, I would say for, um, in regard to the idea that like people come seeking out, um, new rules you know tourists come wanting to go beyond boundaries that uh, they presented in their own have been presented to them in their own country
0: so for the people that live there and function within that it's their rules that they've grown up with and so they're they're operating business as usual like but for outsiders coming in it's all of a sudden this like a bunch of restrictions are lifted. And so it's like, well, what can I do? What? Like, yeah, it's, it's more of a, like you're going wild all of a sudden.
1: Right. It's like um, Vegas on steroids. Right. Because right. you get to do everything and more than you would in Vegas. And um, I, I think for me, like when I think about, um, as some people would argue that the, you know, only a couple of rules change and you're like, yeah, but society behaves differently with different rules and so when when those clear rules are have changed what about other unspoken rules have they changed are there other are there just behaviors that are more acceptable here um i don't know i just find that to be kind of fascinating and a really good question actually
0: yeah that that it's really interesting to consider what it's like when when the norms are lifted Mm -hmm. and how, how different people respond to that differently.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we were not, as everybody could tell by Jessica and I talking, (laughs) like we were not um, there, you know, to, to do anything crazy. We truly was Anne Frank's house, probably more than anything that got us to, to Amsterdam. So, and just, you know, wanting to um, see what it was like. And it was really interesting to go past all of the, um, you know, the marijuana bars and, you know, places you could buy brownies and, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, they was just very accessible. Um, but again, I, I will repeat, like, although I was nervous, I didn't have any bad experiences. Um, that's not where my credit card was stolen. That's not, you know, where I, um, uh, where we felt like, um, we were in danger. So it's kind of interesting. It's very interesting, actually.
0: Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for joining us for the Travel FOMO Podcast. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Have you been to Amsterdam or anywhere else where the rules were a little bit different than what you're used to? Post some photos on social media and tag us. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. That's where we will be sharing photos from our own adventures. And you can also follow up on us and learn more about us at TravelFOMOPodcast.com.
1: That's right. And next week, Jessica and I will take you on our journey through Germany from the lively streets of Berlin to the more somber um, confines of the Dachau concentration camp. It's packed full of, uh, we've got a lot of stuff on Germany. It's interesting.
0: Looking forward to it. If you enjoyed this podcast, help others find us. You can do that by taking time to rate, review and subscribe to the Travel Filma podcast from wherever you're listening.
1: Life is short, guys.
0: Wonder well.